This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am going to be speaking to Sally Hill, and she's the CPD manager at One Step CPD, which has been created by Twinkle, which I'm sure so many of you will know. And the reason I think this is a really interesting conversation is that as the the vice chair of the National Association for Primary Education, we've looked into doing CPD and the cost to schools and, and the way these things can be delivered. So Sally, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me, Mark. It's great to be on. So give us a brief insight into exactly what One Step CPD is and then we'll go back into into the history of how it's developed and how you got involved. So um, One Step CPD is trying to deliver transformative CPD online. And when we say transformative, we mean a CPD that's actually going to change classroom practice. So we are trying to move away from informative sessions, which are usually quite passive, people sitting and listening. And the way that we do this is through delivering action research um, all online. So we have got over 150 academically researched strategies, uh, which you put into place in your classroom for six weeks and Along the way, you set a plan of what you want success to look like. You do a weekly progress tracker, which is a bit like a bullet journal, uh, just saying how you are reacting to it, how your pupils are reacting to it. And at the end, you do an evaluation and sustainability plan. So thinking about the impact it's had and also um, what you're going to do to what you are going to do going forward. So are you going to share it with staff? Are you going to try it again? Are you going to share it with SLT? And at the end, which we are most proud of with our product, at the end, we do not just give you a certificate of CPD. So it doesn't just say, well done, Mark, you've completed this course in behavior management. It actually says, well done, Mark, here is exactly the impact that your strategy had. Here are the reflections. Here is the evidence. And here is the summary of what happened within your classroom. And the other thing that we're trying to do with this is we are trying to instill a growth mindset in teachers and giving them the freedom to fail because we have had loads of teachers try our service we've had tons of people do it and the really interesting thing is it works a lot of the time and sometimes the strategy that a teacher puts into place just absolutely bombs and it just doesn't work at all but that is so important to know and it's so good to know what doesn't work for you what doesn't work for your pupils because you will know from when you've been teaching you get so many different kids coming in and you can have one cohort of children who are so different to another cohort and you've got to do something different with them that might have never worked before but will work with them and then with the next year group the same thing doesn't work again and you've got to change the way that you do things all the time and you can't just keep relying on the same strategies over and over again so that's the point of what we do we upskill teachers in how they deliver their content in a transformative way fantastic and it's actually a theme that's come through um, fairly regularly actually is, is the podcast has progressed over the years is that sense of actually learning together and, yes. and and I think you know as teachers we're very often kind of we need to know the answers we need to be right we need to be seem to be all knowing in lots of ways but there's something very transformative about modeling the whole learning experience isn't there absolutely yeah and showing the kids as well that you're trying something new and being open with that and knowing that children aren't going to laugh at you they're not going to think that you're weird because you're trying something new we get them to try something new every single day and yet we seem really scared to do something else and I think a lot of that does come from 
accountability pressures. I think, you know, we are so driven to achieve results and to achieve progress that often that those skills get forgotten because it's just about how we achieve those results. So absolutely, learning is really important for teachers as well as for pupils. Yeah, and and I think that feeling is key. I mean, certainly when I've done workshops in CPD in my music, it's very much put people out of their comfort zone if they've not been involved in delivering music before. And and I always try and put that in a positive framework. It's that kind of, if, if that's how you're feeling, then imagine how the pupils in your class are feeling most of the time because everything is new. And, Absolutely, um, and and it's a really you know if you can recognise that and empathise with that and understand it, then actually that's such a win-win for both of you. Of course, yeah, and we also forget that we're adults. We've got a whole wealth of learning experience behind us. We've already done schooling, we've already done education in a way, and then but we seem to forget that kids are doing that every single day as well. They're not static beings. They are very young, and they are very immature I suppose is the word for it not necessarily their behavior but just sort of their learning approach is very young it's not matured yet and yeah we need to foster that growth mindset in them as well as well as ourselves yeah absolutely so just take us back into why why Twinkle decided to take this forward what why was it something which they thought they'd branch into bearing in mind most people will sort of know them from sort of as, as a resource organization in a place that sort of really helped teachers from that standpoint Absolutely. Um, yeah, so obviously Twinkle is probably most associated um, by a lot of head teachers as making uh, displays, um, but we are so much more than just displays. We do absolutely anything that you could possibly imagine. Um, if you type it in, we will have it. And when I joined, so I joined in July 2018, so relatively recently, and I came because I was in a secondary school so I was a history teacher in Manchester Um, I'd had some time as a head of department and some time as a CPD lead and one thing that we were trying in our school was to try and get teachers engaged with action research and with trying new things and just seeing how things went and the really interesting thing was that obviously it worked and then we thought right well how could we make this more accessible to loads of teachers because we saw that whilst we could deliver it in school in person it was thinking can we do this on a bigger scale and twinkle at that time at the same time that I was thinking how can we do this on a larger scale twinkle were also getting loads and loads of feedback from their customers so twinkle have over five million customers worldwide and lots of them were coming to us especially those in international schools uh, which we often forget about saying well we have no cpd opportunities we've got some anecdotal evidence we've got some instructional online courses but actually for a lot of them the cpd landscape was very very basic And so Twinkle wanted to do something online again. They wanted to put something online that could help improve how teachers were learning themselves. And so it was actually one of those very good coincidences that I was thinking how to scale this idea and they were thinking, what can we do? And so we kind of came together. um, I pitched them the idea um, at interview and they said, yep, that's great. Come on and do it. And we did a whole year's worth of testing. We didn't just want to roll it out. So we tested it with over 21 teachers um, in England, Scotland, Brunei and Jordan. We tested this action research model, how how it could be delivered online. Um, we did it over three different tests and we constantly were just improving and changing it. And we launched last um, July. Uh, we are a no, last June even, sorry, 3rd of June it was last year. Um, and yeah, we are a completely free service um, and we are a powered by Twinkle service and anyone can access really, really good, effective, transformative CPD. So that's where it all came from. It was just, we listened to customers, customers said they needed something and we've delivered something. 
there are a couple of things about that which I find both interesting and, and really inspiring. One is the fact that, of course, like you said, so much of education now is global. You know, we sort of see we, we see our our four walls of our classroom. You know, we see within our the grounds of our school. It may be some hubs, or if you're part of an academy chain, or something like that. But actually, so much support and so much of the guidance you can get is actually much further afield. And that's what the online world has obviously brought to us, both in terms of resources. But I think this now is the next step of people realizing everything is is here at our fingertips, and and you can be trained and you can learn from the people that are really you know guiding lights in their field absolutely and one thing that i find really frustrating in a way is that the vast majority of research around education is all behind a paywall and so you can go on to you can go onto websites and you can see a abstract or you can see the summary but to actually access what do i do with this research i've read the abstract i'm really interested i then pay 30 pounds to access this article individually and I read the article and at the end of it I'm thinking so what do I do with this so you found that this particular approach really impacts pupils and it gives them 11 months worth of progress say and then you're thinking yeah but what do I actually do about this and you've got fantastic people like the education endowment fund who have made all of their all of their research completely free but again it's that action side of it as a teacher, what do I do? I don't have time to sit and go through 20 documents and or 20 pages of a document. So that's something that we really wanted to do as well. And we have done is we've made the research incredibly actionable because, yeah, teachers do not have the time to sit and go through loads and loads of things to just find out exactly what to put into place. And and the fact that it, it's free to everybody and, and that's something which is going to be ongoing. It's, it's actually the sort of how, how the whole thing is set up. The the base product is going to be, so the, the service that's currently available, yes, is going to be free. Um, at some point, the same with all sort of freemium services, we may add an extra element where this is a paid part of it. That's how Twinkle started. Um, and there are still some resources on the Twinkle site that are completely free because they started off free back in 2010 and 2011. So there will there will still be a good element of the site that's free. Um, we may add paid services as we go but no plans to as yet and and i think one of the really key factors often is the fact that like you said sometimes it's something that you come across as a teacher individually and you can investigate like you say and you can get some cpd which then because you've got all of that support coming back from as you explained earlier on you can take that even further you know you get the whole school involved you know take it to the senior leadership team you know and and even if they they sort of say yes one person can do it first of all it's 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 not a big then leap for them mm. to give the whole staff exactly that and the support they need yeah. And because our, as I mentioned about the case studies, um, one of the really good things we like about them and for a lot of teachers, um, for example, when I was teaching, we brought in um, restorative practice into our school and it was really, really good. But there were a lot of teachers who were quite resistant because, again, they were saying, well, how do we know it'll work here? Like we're doing so much work to put this into place and implement it. What if it doesn't work? What's the data? And I think the really good thing about our service and with any action research you can do again you can do action research yourself you don't need our site to do it we just provide you with a nice neat space to do it in um but the good thing with action research is you can prove what works in your school and you can share that around and we had a fantastic example um from one teacher who um, has used our service up in ashton on mersey uh, in north manchester and she was trying out a strategy um and it was called stop saying do you understand and all teachers have done that at the end of saying an instruction you go everyone get it okay cool off you go and 
then there's always some kids who are like, actually, I don't get it, but I don't want to say that I, that I don't get it. And so it was a strategy of how to deal with that. And she found it was so useful. And she found this way that it just really got through to the pupils and she had this new way of checking that they understood the instructions. So she shared her case study with her SLT and her SLT have now actually made it a non-negotiable in her school. So they've actually said, this is now what every teacher has to do because we've got this data that says, yes, this works here. And people are in, people are excited about data. I mean, we are teachers, we deal with a lot of data and people like to know this works for me. This is something that is worth putting out and I think a lot of schools could actually learn from that approach of just seeing does it work for us in a small case and then roll it out to the whole staff don't try and just roll out stuff all the time this new initiatives and new ways of doing things test it if it actually works first because you're more likely to get staff on board by doing that and, and that's, I think it's so empowering isn't it as well you know mm. the, the sense that actually if you're you know, on the cutting edge of of, of being so um, excited and creative and invigorated with your professional life and, and are able to put yourself there and actually know that that may impact, you know, other members of staff or the entire school or a whole department or, or you know, even an, an entire um, group of schools. That's that, that really changes the way you can feel about what you're doing individually in, in a bigger scale. Yeah. And there's been I haven't spoken to a single teacher who's who's done action research and says it's boring. Like if you compare it to sitting, as you mentioned before, in a twilight session, just listening to someone and you're thinking, right, but I've got to plan X, Y and Z lessons today. I've got to go and mark all these books. You know, your mind's not in it. Your your professional development needs to take place during class time as much as possible. And you can still have that extra bit of time you need just to collect evidence and to reflect on things. But actually, yeah you need to do something that is exciting there needs to be something that motivates you because you mentioned before about like kids and the way that they learn we learn in in the same way and we want to be excited we want variety we want to be motivated and unfortunately i think sitting down and listening just doesn't always do that yeah and and <laughs> and, and i think that's so true and, and if you think about you know some of the great lessons which sometimes we've planned and sometimes that have just come slightly left field because of a question or, or something that you've been doing it comes from that complete engagement and so it makes perfect sense that you being completely engaged in what you're trying to achieve is going to rub off within the class and probably be more successful anyway yeah exactly and telling the class as well that they're in, that they're involved in an experiment and that they're involved in something and we're going to see how this impacts our learning and we're being exciting and we're being adventurous and we're trying new things what kid isn't going to be interested in that what kid isn't going to be interested by you saying I'm trying something new and it's really excited and I'm really excited about it and I do think as well action research does appeal to a particular type of teacher and I, I would use the word um, probably like a geeky teacher but I was a geeky teacher I loved reading research I loved going into all that kind of things um, so I think yeah it does appeal to definitely people who are excited about learning. And I think certainly, um, like you said, you've got case studies from when, when you were doing it um, yeah. as it first started. But to feel like you're almost part of a movement of people that are able to transform education in this way, because the, the one thing we know is that depending on what your view of education is, you know, uh, uh, sort of there's a general feeling about the amount of testing and the mm. curriculum narrowing and that kind of thing. But actually feeling like, you know, on the ground, you know, something that you can put in place today based on all of that can make a massive difference to everyone I think feeling like there are people all around the world like you're saying about the different countries and the international schools that I think is something which I want to be part of and, and I think there would be many people in that same position 
Yeah, I mean, our furthest afield school, who are a one-step school, is in uh, is in a suburb of Tokyo in Japan, and we talk to them quite a lot and they've got a lot of sites across Japan and they've just said it's been really really useful to have this support and this approach but yeah there's tons of people around the world and I do think yeah it's a really fun and exciting time to be in at the moment there are so many edtech possibilities um even things like google classroom i mean completely away from cpd google classroom is just the most amazing thing i've ever come across and i was thinking why did we not have access to this when i was teaching because for homework and for things and it's completely free there are so many free things out there that i just think people don't take advantage of and one of my um good friends who's a teacher he is um an edtech champion and he just finds these things that teachers can use that i have never even heard of before for and he is just utilizing everything that he possibly can and there's so many resources for teachers out there uh, and many of them are not behind a paywall so you can access so many of them for free and and i think i think this is what i find in, encouraging in so many ways is the fact that the way you have individual companies and charities and educational establishments when they will start to work together um yes. things start to change organically and um as we're recording this we're, we're just in the, the beginning of the the coronavirus and schools shutting down and all of that kind of thing um my children are off school already and um in google classrooms has been a big thing it's where they're putting all Huge, the work yeah. and and i mean it's still early days and so it's um it's an interesting time for our kids you know in terms of actually doing it but what I've found really amazing is the the positives of so much of these things, which may actually change education dramatically from here on in. You know, for example, the the, the first thing which <laughs> that, that, that our kids really liked was the fact that you mean I don't have to get up at this time to get to school <laughs> to start. Um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, you know, they're just you know getting them out of bed and whatever. But they were kind of no school starts now, which I think is about just like five past nine or something like that um, for for that particular day. But they were up and ready and working. But the fact was they didn't have to get up much, much earlier to get to school to get going. And we know the research about how teenage brains work in the getting going in the morning and all, all of that kind of thing. And it was a really positive thing. And they were so different throughout the day. And I know it's a very, you know, interesting time and in inverted commas and, and whether that lasts, you know, week on week and as we go further into this process. But the fact that it was all just there, the fact it was able to, to work relatively seamlessly. I mean, schools have done an amazing job to kind of continue you exactly the sort of work they were doing in school and to make it work for children I, I certainly know that I'm going to be doing online drum lessons because I'm not able to go into school to deliver those and, and most of the parents have been really um, supportive of that and I think it will just become some of these things will just become the norm you know it'll be that actually we didn't want to do that because we thought x was the way to go and actually now we've had to do it differently while we're not going to throw everything out could we not just change a little bit of something? Could we not do it just in a slightly different way because we've already tested it because we had to? And I think that's a really interesting thing to start to look at. Absolutely. And that testing thing, I mean, that's the thing that I'm super, super excited about in any circumstances, just actually seeing what the impact is. But there's, um, there's a, as a history teacher or an ex-history teacher, it comes back to the fact that the vast majority of technological and innovation and innovative changes in history have come about through times of war. And I know we're not necessarily at war right now, but we are on a war footing, which is a lot of things that the government are talking about. And I think that a lot of innovation is going to come out of this. And I've got outside of teaching, I've got friends in other sectors who have never been allowed to work from home. Um, for example, journalists have never been allowed to really work from home. And 
suddenly they are because they're like, well, we don't want you coming in because you're going around interviewing people. We don't want you coming into the office. So they're organizing everything from home. They're doing interviews from home. And they've suddenly been able to prove we can do this from home. Why have we not been allowed to do this forever? And I think, yeah, there's going to be a huge amount of changes. Um, but also as well, to give a shout out to the generosity of a lot of companies and charities and also schools as well. For loads of companies have made things completely free. Um, the schools have been absolutely fantastic in dealing with this with actually very very little clarity, I will say, in some ways from the government. And I, I've just been absolutely astounded and blown away by the attitude of everyone. Um, I know that my um, friends in the school I used to work at, uh, they've done an impromptu year 11 uh, school shirt signing today so that they get those experiences. Because people actually, I think at the moment, are forgetting that 16-year-olds, yeah, are not going to have their GCSEs. 18-year-olds um, are not having their A-levels. They're not having their proms. They're not having these end of school parties that they would have had. And that's like a rug being pulled out. And I'm sure that your kids as well are feeling that, that kind of shock at this isn't going to happen as I thought it would happen. And that is a huge thing for them. And I think we do need to recognise and acknowledge how kids are feeling right now, because they will be feeling very emotionally fragile. And we need to make sure that we are supporting them with that. And it's great that your kids have just got on with it and that they are like, yep, yeah, we're going to do this. But in the next few weeks, it'll be interesting to see how they react when they're inside more and they are not with their friends. I think that'll be a very interesting thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think the the whole sort of social media world where they can connect together mm. and chat as a group has been has been a, a, a good transition and it's something absolutely. something that they're used to. There, there are a couple of things there which I just want to make sure I remember to, just just to, to mention. One is the um certainly that sort of wartime mentality i think yeah. that the, the feeling that everyone is working together for a common good which certainly here in the uk with brexit that's been going on and everything being divided i think is a really positive thing i think the whole yeah. energy of everything is is changed and i think that gives us a good spirit of of what we are capable when we really mm. need to do that um and and i think that's a great thing for our children to feel and to understand that when push comes to shove we're we're all in this together you know and and, yes. the, and some of the support and and what people have done off their own back to help all sorts of different types of people has been amazing the, the the other thing is is that i think what you said there about the the exams is is really key both in terms of the fact that we, we need to be so aware of exactly how this is impacting i mean our elders would have been doing their a levels this summer so we're, we're exactly in that that position but also it's interesting their reaction in terms of the the sense of loss in in not doing it but also the fact that we are so built into the structure you know it's like this is unprecedented times and there is going to be shock and there's going to be grief almost and and kind of a change but a sense of actually understanding that life is a very movable feast when we get we get sort of caught into the day by day yeah. and the lesson by lesson but i think actually being exposed to that and realizing that yes it's going to be different but actually it'll be okay because like you said yeah. uh, um you know the shirt signing is actually today rather than when it would have yeah. been you know <laughs> ne next term um i'm absolutely certain that most organizations and schools will organize something in some way absolutely. to have as a leavers thing which will be incredibly special because we would have been through this event together no it won't look like every other year in the last however many years that they can remember but it'll be yours it'll be your time um, and, and it's not lost. And the, and the other interesting conversation that's come up, actually, is the sense of, oh, but we, you know, almost like we've wasted, you know, the last two or three years of studying ready for this exam. And, and I said, but you really haven't, because 
all, all you're not doing is necessarily the exam part of it. You've you all that time you've been learning. That's the point of being at school is to actually learn things to enable you to grow from one step to the next. In order whether you're going to go to college or go to get a job or go to university, it's enabling you to have the skills and the understanding to then do something else. It's important that you're learning now. You know the actual exam part of it. They will work out in however they decide to grade it and give you what you need. You won't lose out from that. But you haven't. If it's interesting from that sort teenage mentality sometimes that the exam was the most important thing and actually it's not in that sense I don't think I think that it this will make personally this is a, this is a prediction I don't I don't I'm not sure if this will happen or not um I think that this will be really interesting for the language that teachers use in the coming years because yes you've you you are on when you are start in year 10 or start in year 12 you are thinking here is that final exam and a lot of that obviously has come out from the new GCSE changes and that is all that final exam there is no coursework in between whether or not that changes in the coming years because obviously at the moment people are saying what would be an accurate depiction of how the students are doing Um, I'm still marked for the exam board I mark for Edexcel and the amount of training we have to mark that final exam is quite extensive and the amount of standardising we still go through is quite extensive. And so I'm really not sure how they are going to do these marks because they have got the marks, absolutely, and we trust the teachers' judgments. But the exams, the exam boards have such a clear idea in their head of what a grade five looks like and what a grade nine looks like. And I don't think that necessarily gets passed on to the teachers. And so I think this year would be a very interesting year to see what happens with these marks, because like you say, it's something completely different. It's changing everything that we thought of. It's changing everything the way that we planned for it. And is this actually now a call to bring back coursework? Is it a call to say, actually, we do need more regular assessments in the case of a pandemic? Because actually, we've seen it can happen. And and I think that's it. And 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 just almost to sort of go full circle as we wrap up, I think, like you said, the companies working together, the conversations mm-hmm. that are actually coming out of this, like you said, you know, what is a grade X based on what mm-hmm. you've done, whether it's more testing, less testing, more coursework, more scope given back to the teachers to to really assess of who they are. Um, who, who knows? But it's it's an incredibly interesting time, and and I it think, and I and, and and I just think you know organizations like twinkle one step cpd the schools individually you know and 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 i think the fact that certainly within your organization because you have such a far reach with you know, sort of five million people being yeah. aware you can it's it has such an impact because actually by creating such fantastic resources and actually giving these opportunities to teachers things can change very quickly and, and i think and i think that's going to be really exciting like i say in this sort of very changing time and, and seeing how it all moves forward um once we're sort of back to normal which i think probably won't happen because normal will be different once we get through this Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, like you say, people will have a very different mentality. And there is that um, there's some fantastic things on Twitter at the moment, um, because obviously everyone says this is this is a once in a century thing. And if you look at 1920 to 21 um, with the Spanish flu epidemic um, and there are so many interesting news articles from 1919 and 20 that are coming back now uh, where they're again saying very similar things. They're saying stay at home, think about the common good, look out for your neighbours, make sure you don't eat more than you need to. And I was like, it's the same lessons just 100 years later. And that completely changed the mindset, I suppose. And they'd just gone through a a world war. So obviously they're on a very different mindset. Um, But yeah, I think now is a fantastic time to show how how... I suppose, 
collective we are to show that actually yeah, everyone is good everyone deep down is a good person and everyone is going to be looking out for everyone else and i will just take a quick moment to mention as well that at the moment um Twinkle have made all of their resources completely free. If you go onto the Twinkle Resources um, Twitter page, you can see the codes for your specific country and you can get access to Twinkle completely for free as a parent or as a teacher. So just to try and make it a bit easier for you. Um, obviously, loads of other companies are doing this as well. It's not just us, uh, but I will do a plug for Twinkle. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that, that, that's really good for everyone to know. And, and I think what it brings us back to is the fact that it's all about child first it's about human first it's about connection and i think if if that's the biggest thing that comes out of of this whole experience for us then i think that eventually will be a positive thing despite any sadness that comes from from obviously people being directly affected so well Sally, thank you so much for chatting to me. And I really appreciate us having this conversation. It was slightly further than beyond just talking about the one step CPD. But I think I think the essence of what you're trying to do and all of that fits in really nicely. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's been great to be on. I'd like to thank the National Association for Primary Education for their continued support and sponsorship of this show. NAEP are currently supporting teachers by producing fortnightly videos which cover themes like art, school trips and literacy. Also, they are giving away e-copies of their professionally produced journal, Primary First. To find out more about the association, please go to nape.org.uk. That's nape.org.uk. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.